Connection through conversation. Join self-described conversationalist Stacy Heller as she talks with guests about topics and ideas that are sometimes informational, sometimes inspirational, and always entertaining on Stacy Connects. Hey everybody, welcome to Stacy Connects. I'm your host, Stacy Heller. This show is all about making connections through conversation. I truly believe that asking questions instead of making assumptions is the way that we learn things. And I always like to joke, it's not really a joke, that I befriend the elephant in every room. Uh, It is, it's, you know, I'm just curious like that. Uh, And slightly embarrassing sometimes too. Thank you, of course, to everyone that listens. If you like the show, then you should share it. You can find it and my other show that I do with Eric called Don't Ask Me to Talk, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, So hi, Mom, first of all. Hi, Mom. She and Lee are back from their sojourn in uh, in the, I was like, the south of Philly. No, like the seaside. Um, and... Uh, I know that the gang's all back together and they're listening. So hello to you. Um, my guest today is my daughter, Grace. Hi, Grace. Hello. Sorry, I was I was trying not to talk until you officially introduced me. But, oh, well. Uh, you know. Hi, Mimi. Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, I do want to remind people that you can call into the show live. I would love to hear from someone. I know that Eric loves getting an almost weekly phone call from Joan. However, other people can call too. You just have to call 425-373-5527. Now, that said, let's say you have something that can wait. Then go ahead and text me at 475-999-2726 and I can respond after the show. So, uh, Grace, because I know you listen to the show weekly without Religiously. missing a beat. <laughs> of course. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, and by the way, everyone that's listening, Grace is actually joining me via Zoom. She is in Boston, and she 100% like never listens to the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. <laughs> I own that. I'm not going to pretend to lie. That's that's my bad. It's not like she's busy or anything. Well, that's but, she know. has her own life. <laughs> And and I really, I genuinely do not expect my family to drop everything that they're doing so that they can listen to me. Like, they have been stuck in the car enough times with me that, like, they don't have to be forced to listen to me any more than they already were subjected to. I feel so privileged to have grown up with the live version of Stacey Connects. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Again, you are so full of it. Your eyes are brown. <laughs> So, uh, okay, so conversations and observations from the week. So uh, first thing that I thought was really interesting, Pete, dad, uh, your dad, not my dad, uh, was watching the America's Cup, which for those of you that are not aware is golf. And one of the sponsors of that is Cognizant. And what caught my ear about that is the fact that one of their taglines is intuition engineered. And I thought that it was fascinating that one of the title sponsors of a golf tournament, which is traditionally sponsored by such heavy hitters in banking and business, 
uh, the fact that they are bringing the I word, intuition, into the business space. Uh, So, hey, what can I say? I'm a leader in the business world. (laughs) So I must have known it because I intuited the fact that this was going to be a buzzword. Gosh, it's like you were anticipating this for years. For years. Exactly. Uh, So I thought it was really interesting. And now I'm sort of like, hey, uh, Cognizant, do you need some people to join your team? And like their whole thing is they help clients do what others can't operate with human insight, but at superhuman speed. Um, And then they say, so they get ahead and stay ahead. Now, what's interesting is intuition. That's how intuition works. You get a gut feeling. It doesn't say like, hey, it feels hot in here. You should probably run because there might be a fire. Like your intuition just says fire. (laughs) And so, (laughs) you know, that is uh, intuitive insight and dare I say it at a superhuman speed. So anyway, I just thought that was an interesting thing that more and more this idea of using intuition as a business tool is coming into uh, really the bigger business sphere. Yeah. So look at me. Uh, Okay. Next thing, my old lady shoes. Mm. This is inspired by a Zoom call that I had with both of my daughters last night. So... For those of you that are unaware, I am going to Italy in about three weeks. Holy cow. And I'm having to pull together a wardrobe that will take me to Rome, going in the Vatican, going to various uh, tourist areas like going to the Colosseum and, you know, shopping, of course, eating out, et cetera, et cetera. And then I will be going to Umbria. And by the way, I'm going with my husband, uh, and a bunch of friends. And one of my friends has a cousin who has a villa in Umbria, and they've invited us to essentially rake the olives out of the trees, and then we gather them all, and we bring them into the town square, and they are pressed, thus virgin olive oil. So first press, virgin olive oil. So that's going to be super fun. So the Clothing that I need kind of has to run the gamut. Oh, we're also going uh, truffle hunting, uh, which makes me feel like I need to get a plastic snout because typically it is uh, pigs and certain dogs that go truffle hunting. Uh, But the outfits that I'm going to be wearing have to run the gamut. I'm not taking a big bag, so it's got to be cohesive, comfortable shoes. So I bought, yes. I thought it was pigs that did the truffle hunting. Yeah, pigs. That's what I thought. I said pigs and some dogs. Okay. Some dogs, not all dogs, but there are some dogs that can actually sniff out truffles. Maybe they're piggy dogs. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so the whole wardrobe thing is very tricky, right? So I bought this very comfortable pair of shoes. Okay. So that is your first clue as to how this conversation went. A cute pair of heathered gray they're kind of a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, help me, Grace. Which wedge. part are we describing? Wedge. Wedge, yeah. Yeah, slip yeah. on wedge. And but like it's a black black wedge, not like a. The, yeah, a the heel is black. The heels. And the, the slip on 
vibe is a charcoal gray. So I was like, these will be super cute. They're comfortable to walk around. They could be like good for dress up. Apparently, I am entering the comfortable shoe phase of my growth and development. Because Grace informed me that I look like, what's his name? Flint Lockwood from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. He has these spray-on shoes. Mm. And I don't I don't know how else to des- like I don't know how else to describe it truthfully. Did he invent really, them? Yeah. And okay. it was like his like second grade thing and he sprays them on his feet and he can't get them off and he's still wearing them at like 30. But <laughs> <laughs> which is a whole thing in and of itself. Great film. Got to watch it. But truthfully the issue the the umbrage that I take with these shoes is not necessarily the way they look or whatever. It's just I don't understand if you are getting a wedge and you're in an instance where a wedge is applicable, then it's not a comfortable environment regardless. Why would you try to make a wedge comfortable? Because if you need a wedge, then you're doing something that doesn't require comfort. Okay. So just get a nice shoe and then get a comfort shoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and then I also got a pair of white sneakers that I showed them to Pete, again, my husband, And he was like, wow, they're really white. And so then I told Annie and Grace about this. And Annie's response was like, white as in like, you're so white or white as in they're the color white. And I was like, "Okay, well, I guess that's for you to decide. But they definitely are white sneakers. Anyway, apparently these also look like old lady sketchers, which is apparently a vibe right now, but only if you're ultra thin and you wear them with like pulled up knee socks, which I am not going to be doing. So all that to say, I've been shoe shamed by my daughters. And uh, honestly, it's kind of fair because when Annie and I were also going through a whole bunch of clothes that I'm going to be thrifting, Annie found a sweater and she pulled it up, and it was this hot pink sweater, and it had a a heart, a peace sign, and then it said, like, chic. And she was like, what is this? And I was like, I had a lobotomy. I Like, I have no other explanation. There's no other way to explain it. Yeah. It's, yeah. So all I can say is once you hit a certain age and <sighs> you are desperate for clothing that makes you feel good or look good uh, or, dare I say it, comfortable you have like momentary flashes of style, I don't know, lobotomies. Like it's just you make a choice that's outside of your own experience. So uh, luckily, question mark, Grace and Annie uh, are keeping me honest. So thank yes. you for that. Of course. Yeah. So, um, okay. Now, the other thing is... Um, how my ADHD has been showing up recently. Um, It's a lot of avoidance, action, and then exhaustion. How about you, Grace? Mm. You know, I actually was just having this conversation the other day because in the transition out of like school, I'm finding that my ADHD is manifesting in very interesting different ways. I would say definitely exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Like I find myself just tired. Um, avoidance, but I'm always avoiding things. That's not new. Um, but I'm finding like socially it's trickier. Mm. So. Yeah, that whole um, 
uh, what's it called? Um, you know, when you forget about people, right? Object permanence, object kind permanence of thing. thing with ADHD. Yes. Um, yes. See, I don't, I can't even remember what the name <laughs> I is. can't even remember the word. That's um, all right. Yeah, it's it's a real thing where if like the person isn't in my peripheral for some peripheral for some reason, then it's not that I have forgotten them or I think less of them or I don't like them or whatever. It's right. just that they're so pushed out there, and so um, right. It's there are consequences to that, which is that people think that you're disinterested in being their friend and they stop reaching out. And so I've had to learn yeah. to say to my friends, no, no, please. In fact, I met with somebody last week and I said to him, if you don't hear from me, you have permission within three days to poke me and to remind me. And sure enough, on Monday, I got a per your permission. Here's a poke. And I was like, perfect. And I got it done like that day done. Totally. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, okay. So here's my Staceyism. And I picked this because there are a line of people kind of associated with this call. My mother, myself, and Grace. And we have some traits and attributes that are very similar. So <laughs> this is a Woody Guthrie quote that I really resonate with. Okay. All of my words, if not well put nor well taken are well-meant. Ooh. Right? I like that. So yeah. it's it's a tricky thing, you know, while you can be an articulate person, you're not always as articulate as you would like to be. Or maybe you're too articulate because um, sometimes you need to soften that direct line of communication. Right. And so... Um, you know, so all of the words that I speak are not always well put, and obviously they're not always well taken. Uh, however, they are well meant. And I like so, that. Uh, so I go back to my belief that, you know, maybe you don't have to apologize for the message. However, it is always a good idea to apologize for the delivery. That's my, that was my immediate thought when you said that quote, so one of my other Staceyisms. They all just they all just come right around to themselves. Right? Okay. So you and I are actually going to have a uh a kind of a serious conversation today about something that happened to you about a month ago, month and a half ago. Yes. Uh when you were out at a bar in Boston. So uh I'm gonna leave everyone on pins and needles to find out what happened to Grace when she was out. Uh, keep listening to Stacy Connects, and you will find out. We'll be right back. Do you feel challenged by the thought of getting ready every day? Want to make a great first impression, but don't feel your wardrobe represents who you really are? Does the thought of trying to find great clothing that fits your body and lifestyle have you overwhelmed? Michael Bruce Image Consulting is a premier image consulting company that can help you get your style back on track. Contact them at michaelbruceimageconsulting.com or call them at 425-214-4155 and start that conversation today. Stacy Connects, it's not just my business, it's my superpower. Whether you need the right tone and messaging for a new venture, or you've plateaued with your current one, I can help. I connect clients with themselves and their potential. Then I identify unique solutions that translate your brand into messaging that connects your target audience with your business. 
Go to StacyConnects.com to connect with me and your messaging. Real people, real life, real radio. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back to Stacy Connects. As I mentioned before the break, my guest today is Grace Heller, my daughter. And I mentioned before the break that today's conversation is, it's not a tricky one uh, in terms of, you know, our family, we have a very open dialogue, but it's a tricky one because, you know, people don't always talk about these kinds of things. Um, And it is really hard having your children far away from you. Grace is literally on the other side of the country. And although we're from the East Coast, it's really hard having her so far. And, you know, Will is in California and that's also hard. And so when things happen to your kids and you're, you know, finding it out the next morning with a text that says, hey, all good, but I'm headed to the ER this morning, um, you know, just thought you should know. So uh, I didn't want to surprise you with the copay. <laughs> and therein lies one of Sorry. the uh, <laughs> one of the PSAs that I will share later on in the story. But why don't you explain what happened that led to this text that I got on a Saturday morning? Yeah. So I guess we'll keep them waiting a little longer. I'll give you some context. So I was with a couple friends. It was me and a friend who lives here. She had a friend visiting and then we had a mutual friend visiting who we hadn't seen in years. So we were going to go out. It was the first day we were all going to go and we pre-gamed at her oh, apartment. By the way, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I want Please. people that are listening to know. So Grace is a college grad. She is actually a graduate student at Northeastern University getting a master's in accounting and she is of legal drinking age. So, yes, everyone should know that she is not doing anything that is uh, not allowed. Okay, yes, go on. That's a good, that's a good note. Um, So, yeah, so we were pre-gaming at my friend's house. Pre-game was probably about three hours long, mostly because my friend was writing an essay during that time. So we had about three drinks. a literal essay? Yeah, we had, they had a paper due that night, which is ridiculous. (laughs) So we had, I had three drinks over the course of the three-hour pre-game. So I'm at most tipsy, leaving the house. We left for the bar around like 11 or 10.30 or 11. Got to the bar, had a shot and a uh, vodka crayon and was blacked out within the hour and was roofied. So Well, I think the order goes you were roofied. Roofied, So you blacked, blacked out. out. Yeah, basically. So a couple things for people that are listening to know. So- uh, and this is something that, you know, is drilled into so many young people's heads. So, Grace, how fast can the human body process alcohol? For men, it's an hour. For women, it's an hour and 20 minutes. And is that per drink? Yes. So that is like if you follow like a whatever, it's four ounce glass of wine, like 10 ounce beer or whatever. Um, yeah. And it's so like... Medically, so basically, there like, was no reason for me to be right. Yeah. So three drinks in three hours, uh, you know, that isn't anything that's crazy. Uh, no. You are not drinking for the purpose of getting hammered and going out. Um, no, it is because alcohol is cheaper 
at your house than it is going out. And also buying alcohol as a young woman out is also not safe. So therefore, you've learned right. to, as you say, pregame or pre-function yeah. uh, at somebody's apartment, house, whatever it is. Totally. And I will yeah. also say uh, that Grace is, you know, we didn't uh, raise our kids with this line in the sand that was like, you may not even, you know, taste alcohol before the age of 21. First of all, that would mean that as Catholics, then you can't uh, have the blood of Christ. So there's that. True. Uh, And then also, you know, with us and trying different things, if the kids were curious, we felt like, sure, try this. Um, And, you know, didn't let them drink a lot illegally with friends or anything like that because the liability is massive. Uh, that said, if it's Thanksgiving and they're 20, sure, have a whiskey sour. You're not going anywhere. Uh, right. So anyway, so Grace is not somebody that uh, is not experienced with holding her alcohol. So yeah. at the bar, uh, yes. when you say you were roofied uh what happened we'll go back to what you i want to know like your experience versus what you were told yes yeah so that's the kind of the trickiest thing that i've experienced with this whole situation is that i really don't remember a lot of it i remember getting my drink taking that shot um going to the bathroom with victoria maybe like some blurry visions of like dancing whatever and then pretty much after that I don't, I don't remember leaving the bar. I'm told we went to a second bar. I'm told a lot of things, but I don't remember what happened pretty much after using the restroom. So like within an hour. So. Okay. So, uh, so then what is the story that then you were told that happened? Right. Yeah. So then basically from what I was told, we left the first bar. I apparently was not in any like not in poor condition was just kind of like ah, ha, ha, silly goofy whatever we went to a second bar and I guess we were in that bar for like five minutes before I walked out and I was like water someone bring me water um so I'm standing on the side of the road someone's grabbing me water and I just start throwing up like throwing up all over the side of the road it's like you know nothing like concerning I'm coherent but I'm, I'm throwing up which right I say nothing concerning but like for me like I don't throw up because of alcohol like I I thought for a lot of reasons. I have a very weak stomach, but alcohol is not one of them. So like that was kind of a weird like, OK, yeah, but Grace, everyone else was like another thing. Like anytime you try a new uh, medication, like if you've switched some kind of a medication that you take, you 99.9 percent of the time you you have a vomit reflex. Right. So you're super so. sensitive to that. And as you say, you know, alcohol has never been that's never been your way to deal with having too much to drink however no uh medications and things 100 percent, totally and especially like this night we had had a full pasta dinner like there was really no reason for me to be throwing up after however many drinks night which was a very minimal amount of alcohol so i'm throwing up on the side of the road they're like okay let's call an uber we call an uber i guess i was like i don't feel well i'm gonna get sick bust out of the uber throw up again on the side of the road and then at this point, they're all like kind of, they're all drunk. They're just like talking. They're like, oh, like silly Grace. She's just throwing up everywhere. And I'm standing, I guess. And I don't know if I tripped, if I, I don't know what happened, but I basically fall like a tree. 
I am standing straight up and suddenly my head smacks the concrete first. The I front just, or the back? Like, was it a trust back fall? Of my head. So it was basically, basically like, a, yeah, a trust fall, but nobody was there to catch you. Right. And at that point, I go unresponsive. They're calling my name. They're slapping me. I'm not answering. My eyes are open, but no one's home. I then start convulsing and throwing up on myself. It's now in my hair. They turn me onto my side because they don't want me to die. Um, And at this point, they are a wreck, apparently. They were like, we thought you were dead. They're like crying. So they call 911 and they're like, we don't know what's going on. Um, This girl hops out of her Uber. She's like, what's happening? And they're explaining the whole situation. And they're like, we don't know what's going on. And that wasn't until this girl actually that got out of her Uber came up to them and was like, she was probably drugged. Like if if you're if what you're telling me is true about how much she's had to drink and what's going on, this is definitely a situation where she was drugged. So they come to that realization. The EMTs arrive. And I guess at that point I was talking again. I was able to like sit up. Uh, so the EMTs are like, okay, what do you want us to do about it? Like she's just a drunk girl, basically. And the girl was like, you don't want to like saddle her with the $3,000 ambulance fee like they're not going to do anything they're just going to pump her stomach blah 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 and my friends were like okay now who was saying that the girl that stopped or the emt the girl that stopped okay yeah so the emts were like we can't force you to like send her with us but like do what you want to do basically yeah so didn't push for it but didn't you know obviously they were there So they end up not sending me in the ambulance and it took four Ubers to get me home because I kept throwing up. And fun. You're so uh, responsible that you kept stopping it and getting out. And apparently I kept on saying, I was like, I don't want you guys to pay the Uber cleaning fee. And I, I, and so I think, I think that me saying that is partly what made them decide. They were like, well, if she's afraid of the Uber cleaning fee, she's not going to like the ambulance bill. So (laughs) They were like, you know what? Um, finally get home, continue throwing up. They try to get me in the shower. I guess I refused. Um, and then I woke up the next morning and I was like, huh, I don't remember being here. Um, continued throwing up the next day. And like my head hurt to touch the whole the whole thing. And they rehashed the night with me a little bit and were like letting me know what was happening. Um, and so then... At that moment, at that time, it was a, that was Saturday morning and I was flying home on Monday and I was like, well, if I really trust fall onto the concrete, like I should get my head checked out. So that prompted the visit to the ER. And so there you go. So the reason that uh, I wanted to have you talk about it is there's just so many parts of this story. So many. That are like to unpack and to talk about. Uh, from like a PSA standpoint and being aware. So I'm curious, like you start with the lessons learned from your perspective. Like what are some things that you're like, okay, note to self. uh, These are some things that I would do differently. Yeah. So I guess like takeaways and lessons learned are probably two different things. So lessons learned, I would say, I I think I got, I don't know if I got complacent or what the word is for it, but I got pretty comfortable going a whole summer without having any issues being like, oh, whatever, I can get whatever drink I want. And now I think I'm way more inclined to get a high noon or get a canned beverage or hold, you know, hold my cup like this and like make sure it's covered. And I never leave my drink unattended and it's always with me, but sometimes I, I just 
hold it the way you'd normally hold a cup and I turn away and I'm dancing and I'm not paying attention. So I think that that knowing that I was with four other girls, I was in a crowded bar and this still happened is sort of, that was sort of a wake up call to be like, okay, you don't even know where it's coming from, how it's happening. And you had mentioned, or I think the girls had shared with you that there was some guy that was kind of sidling up to you. uh, Yeah. Chatting with you. Was uh, this somebody that you have interacted with in the past? No, just a random person, apparently. Got it. And so he was kind of uh, paying attention to you. Yeah. And I think that's never really bothered me. I think that's the other takeaway is like I'm now, unfortunately, I think I'm just way more wary of strangers and specifically men. Um, I never really would have thought about it any other time. I would just be like, oh, yeah, because like, I, you know, like. Well, you're just a, I, a you I'm just know, a friendly. Yeah. Right. You're a little bit like me and Mimi, right? Where, uh, you know, Mimi was voted in high school class flirt, uh, you know, and people take that a certain way. However, it's like she I would say that she and I and you like we flirt with like men, women, children, animals like we chat up everybody. And yeah, you know, and I, I would say like I never let a conversation go far enough without saying like, oh, well, I have a boyfriend or slipping it in. But I always like love like talking to someone at a bar and being like, you're from San Jose. My brother lives in San Jose. Like it's right. the connection that I like. And so like I never let anyone get the wrong impressions, but it right. does happen. People come up to you. You talk to people, but I'm now way more wary of motivations mm-hmm. and intentions, which is unfortunate because sometimes people are just looking for genuine connection. Right. Right. So, so okay. So uh, one being more wary um, and especially uh, of a, your drink and B the people that you interact with, especially men. Okay. Uh, yeah. What else? I one thing that we actually talked about, my friends and I, after the whole situation, is we were like, now it's a bummer, but now like having conversations with people about like, hey, if this evening goes sideways, how do you want it to be managed? Because the next morning they they were like, we don't know what we should have done with the ambulance, and I was like, totally fair for me. I would have much rather had been sent. I don't fault them for not doing it, of course, but I would have rather have been sent at that moment, um, and just gotten it taken care of, seeing what was going on. Like, I would have rather not put them through that as well. Right. Well, I, and from I know a, a lot of people who wouldn't want that. And what's interesting is from a parent perspective, it then raises the conversation because you're under our insurance. And I'm like, that's what insurance is for. And you're far right. away. And, you know, right. dad and I were instantly like, and again, to your point, you know, it suddenly got really real for your friends. And, you know, it was like a 180 from like, oh, she's a little tipsy to like, totally. Now she's fallen and like, what's going on? And you get sober real quick um, and you're having to make decisions. And so like you, I don't fault them. I have no beef. And yet I'm like, always err on the side of getting that help. Um, totally. And that's a really great conversation that is a reminder to people that have kids, like talk to them about, you know, whether it's this kind of a situation or some other kind of a situation, you know, what is what is the way that you want them to handle it or to tell their friends to handle it? And then right. for people that are your age and, you know, um, younger or a little older, you know, same thing, set the parameters. 
What do you want to have? You know, what do you want to do? Okay. So um, any others? Yeah. And this one's a hefty one. So you let me know how far you want to get into it. But I, from this, I think overall, I have taken away that women, especially women my age, are just basically not supported, not advocated for, not listened to, none of it. And that was a really hard reality to come to terms with. I mean, Mm -hmm. between the fact that it happened, the fact that I was targeted in some way, probably because I was wearing a crop top and put my makeup on and whatever, from the way that I was treated at the hospital, where I was basically sat on a gurney in the hallway and they wouldn't give me fluids. They basically were like, you were just drunk. They didn't do a blood toxicology report despite my request. They Yeah, this didn't. is a whole, I'll tell you what, let's take, whole thing. Yeah, let's take a break here because I okay. want to come back and I want to talk about, uh, you know, the other stuff was like choices that you make. Then I feel like there's some institutional error here yes. and preconceptions yeah. that I want to talk about when we come back. So keep listening totally. to Stacy Connects with Stacy Heller and her daughter, Grace Heller. We'll be right back. Have you ever considered working with an image consultant or stylist, but were worried about what the experience would be like? If that sounds like you, then Michael Bruce Image Consulting is here to help. They've worked with thousands of people, and many of those individuals have shared their experiences by way of style stories. Go to michaelbruceimageconsulting.com slash style stories and check out what their delighted clients have to say about their experiences. Stacey Heller is many things, entertaining yet enlightening. She's a talk show host channeling her inner Fallon. Like Winston Wolf, she's a fixer who gets things done with style. Practical, like Dr. Ruth. Stacy isn't afraid of the uncomfortable when searching for answers. She's your biggest fan and sees your potential before you do. Most of all, Stacy Heller is a synapse who can connect impulses and ideas about your business and yourself into possibility. To connect with Stacy, go to StacyConnects.com. Stacy Connects, it's her superpower. Self-help, healing, spirituality, and more on Alternative Talk, 1150. Hey everyone, welcome back to Stacy Connects. I am talking today with Grace Heller, my daughter, uh, a young woman in grad school in Boston. And before the break, she was telling about her experience um, being drugged when she was out at a bar in Boston uh, a couple months ago and uh, shared her story and some of the lessons and takeaways. And right before the break, you know, we had talked about some of the things like you know, lessons that you've learned, lessons that your girlfriends have learned, things that you're aware of. And then we started to talk about uh, some of the preconceived notions and the way that you were treated. So tell me more about that. Yeah. So I guess I'll give like a kind of deep dive, I guess, on what happened at the hospital. So got to the hospital the next day, told them everything that happened. And I was basically just kind of set in the hallway. I mentioned of the pediatrics unit. Um, I was there for four and a half hours. Why the pediatrics unit? Did they say why? I think that they were busy. And I think that you're technically considered a child's 
until you're 22. Okay. And I was, I hadn't yet turned 22. So okay. they just put me over there. Um, you were like they, days away, which is ridiculous. I was like literally days. I was a week away. Um, so I was in the pediatrics unit. I, they wouldn't give me fluids, even though I hadn't been able to hold down water and was continually throwing up. I, they gave me Zofran, like an anti-nausea after like three hours of sitting there. And I requested, I asked, I was like, is there any way to know what's in my system? Is there any toxicology report? And they only ran a urine sample. They did a pregnancy test because they claimed that pregnancy causes nausea and they did not do a blood toxicology report, nor did they test me for any of the typical drug, like rofanilol or whatever. They didn't test me for anything. Basically. Is there a re like, did they, how did they respond when you requested? They said, mm, hard to say what could be in your system. So there's kind of no point in testing if it might not even come back. Now, is that, uh, is that a true and accurate statement? I mean, how long do these things stay in your system? I think, well, I think it's hard to say because I think also, I think there is some truth in it in that, A, you don't know what it was, what I was given. I don't know if it entered my bloodstream or if it was filtered through the kidneys. Like there is no way to know exactly what it was. And I don't know how long it stays in the system. This would have been, if by the time I got to the hospital, it was probably 12 hours after it would have been in my body. So hard to say if it would even be there. I don't know how long it would last. Um, so there could be some validity to it, but basically the way that it was you know, communicated to me was right. in like a, hey, we're real busy and like, you need to move on. Uh, before you continue, apparently we have a caller. Do we? We do. I think you know this caller. <laughs> and there's the uh -oh. giggle. <laughs> Hi, mom. Hi, sweetie. I am so proud of Grace. Aw, Gracie, thanks, I really am. You make me, you, you make me very proud because I think it is very difficult today, and you make my heart swell. Really. Aw, thank you, Stacey. You do too. Oh well, thanks. <laughs> hey, thank Eric, you. you do too. Aw, <laughs> I'm not even related. That's nice. <laughs> No, I'm very proud of my family, but Gracie, I give you a lot of credit, and I think this is very important that you were on tonight. It's a terrific show, and I, I feel like I want to give it to all my friends and let their grandchildren hear it and listen to it. So I am. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, that's what, that was the goal of it. I want as many people to know as possible. Yes. I, your story is we gotta a keep legitimate safe. one, a very... Um, uh, up to date. I don't know what I want to say, but it's it, it's a, very much what happens today, and it's very yeah. important for women. Yeah, for everybody. Yeah. Anyway, all right. I love you all. I'm gonna go. All right, I love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Aww, queen. Right. <laughs> uh. So, okay. So some validity to them saying like, hey, they may not be in the system and whatever. Yeah. Um. So, and the pregnancy test thing is interesting. I, uh, you know, that feels, you know, the um, the optimist in me is like, you know, you always seem to get a pregnancy test when you go to the hospital because right. they want to check and see, you know, like, hey, what's going on? But then the skeptic in me is like, oh, a young woman, like, let's see if she's pregnant. Um, yeah. You know, so that's just one of those things where because I... I'm a little cranky about this situation. I'm leaning yes. more towards the skeptic side. Um, 
even though I think it is hospital protocol to give a woman a pregnancy test. Um, yeah. You know, especially if you're going to give a woman potentially drugs of any kind to help with. Oh, whatever. totally. Um, so, okay. So then um, continue to, so you asked a few times. They didn't give you anything to drink. They left you on a gurney outside. Uh, checked in with you at all? Uh, sort of. So it was, I had my three friends cycling through. So they would take shifts sitting by my by my bedside in the hallway. Um, and basically every like couple of times they would go up and they would say like, hey, is what's going on? When can she get this? So I had them advocating for me, but generally did not have a lot of check-ins. And they would they kind of walk past. Concerned about your head at all? Which is really the reason that you had come in. So, right. So I had gone in because I was like, who knows what's going on? Like that's kind of a, I'm not tall, but any distance to the ground is dangerous if you're going to land head first. Right. So I basically, they said to me, well, you sort of cleared yourself because you woke up this morning. That was their exact words to me. Well, um, a concussion doesn't mean that you don't ever wake up. Well, so her thing was for imaging. So you wouldn't do imaging for a concussion. You'd only do it for a brain bleed. So because I was awake, I was fine. So no imaging was required, which then begs the question of if the EMTs knew that I had fallen and if that was even a concern or a thought that crossed anyone's mind, why wasn't I taken then at the time that it happened? So that was a whole other thing. Um, but they did kind of your standard, follow my finger with your eyes, walk in a straight line, do this, do that. Um, and I didn't, I really didn't think that I had any concussive symptoms. Like I had no sensitivity to light or anything. So like that was sort of, that wasn't too big of a deal. I wanted to make sure more so that there wasn't any kind of deep seated things that was going to pop up later or like, you know, sure. I don't know what happens. So yeah. So it was kind of minimal testing, but stip like standard concussion sort of re reflex testing, I think. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah. So then you were released. Now, did they yep. take a, did they take a report of any kind um, since, you know, this is something that happened at a local establishment? Did they, recommend that you follow up in any way no and that's why I think like that's where I get back to the takeaway of like when like people just don't like trust women because or I guess don't care I don't know because what the first thing that I heard when I moved to Boston was that roofing was a really big issue it was happening from bartenders from straight like it was a huge deal and so I was always aware of it and I understand now why it's such a big issue because a woman comes in, having to doesn't know what happened to her, has to come to terms with what happened to her via third-party information, is then at the hospital, given poor treatment, or maybe it's standard treatment, but it's delivered poorly, is not believed, and then is basically sent with no evidence to support. I have no evidence to support myself. I couldn't file a police report. It would have had to be word of mouth. Right. I would have had, nobody would have listened to that. I mean, if a medical professional wasn't going to listen to me, why would a police officer? Right. And I was super lucky because I had three amazing people with me the entire time who right. were upset about it, who were like super on top of it, whose fathers were doctors, who like knew exactly what I should be asking and all that stuff. And I just, it makes me feel for all the people who went through my experience and had half as much support and were treated worse. Right. Because And maybe had twice as much happen. Um, exactly. Because, you know, that... That is something that, you know, 
you luckily had a bunch of girlfriends that swept you away and, you know, unwittingly, like, didn't know uh, that you had been drugged. Right. But pulled you out of that situation and from that person that had totally. likely slipped the uh, had most likely st- slipped the drugs into your drink. And so yep. you were surrounded by and cared for. Uh, yeah. By other friends. Yeah, I was never unaccompanied, which was great. So then you um, so then you share your story. Yes. So then I share my story through a third party parent who posted it then to the Northeastern Parents uh, Facebook page because, you know, that's something to know. It was a bar that people go to. Like, it makes sense. And I was, I wasn't hesitant to share it. Um, I was, remained anonymous in the post. I didn't feel any danger by it, but I was hesitant because I wasn't sure what the response would be. And the response was nothing but confirmation of my fears. It was a lot of parents, parents of people my age, who were defending Mass General, who said, how dare you criticize their care? How how do you know that she was drugged? Odds that she was just super drunk and wasn't paying attention. Like, I I brought my mother to Mass General, and she had amazing treatment, and I would never tell students to avoid Mass General. It's an incredible hospital. And, like, it was just a, like insane inflow of adults whose children could have been in my position and just didn't believe me, didn't support me, didn't see any validity in my story, didn't recognize that there's probably some bias between a 40-year-old woman and a 22-year-old woman. And it was very, that was a really harsh reality. Well, and that's something that is really interesting. Uh, to me, you know, we talked about this as a family and, you know, the fact that, you know, my mother was given incredible care. Yeah, your, you know, 75-year-old mother who, right. like, A, can advocate for herself or B, has family by her side advocating. Um, right. You know, that's a different deal. And, you know, the thing, part of the reason why I wanted to share this is while young people get a bad rap and going out and, you know, partying and drinking too much and, you know, whatever it is, uh, I would make the argument that even comparing my generation and the age that I was, there was not nearly as much talk about having a designated driver, about the fact that your drinks could be drugged about women traveling in packs together and kind of leave no one behind mentality about, you know, this kind of awareness of the choices that you make, Uh, even the education about the fact that, you know, how many drinks that your body can handle because it's drummed into you from middle school on with, you know, all of the just say no and all of these choices. So as a generation, you are so much more educated than certainly my education or my uh, generation was. And we all made dumb choices and many of us somehow managed to get through. And so one thing I think is interesting is that how parents suddenly, you know, forget that. Right. And so it's like, sure, sometimes young people make dumb mistakes or sometimes you're an almost 22 year old woman who graduated with highest honors from college is now 
doing a master's in accounting at, you know, a school and, you know, is going out with friends. You know how much alcohol you can handle. You know the difference between I'm tipsy, I'm drunk, I'm wasted, and this isn't good. Right. Uh, and the fact that you're dismissed as basically a drunk girl and suddenly everything, all of your experience and everything is you're dismissed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for those people, I am so pleased for them that they have never had an experience that has made them question the intentions, the morals, the decisions of other people, the people that are they clearly have some view of the world where like people aren't really that bad. People can't be that evil. And I'm so happy for them that they don't have that perspective. But I think for the rest of us who have now gone through some version of this trauma, it you can never see people the same way again. If I will never not trust that somebody probably did go through a bad experience if they say they did, because people do bad people do exist there is bad out there it's mm -hmm. it's scary it's everywhere and so well and isn't like... it interesting that you know when when we finally got to speak to you on saturday and you know hear the whole story and hear all this stuff uh you really went through between saturday and when you came home on monday and even while you were home really a a mental health kind of crisis of sorts in that a yeah. your sense of you know it's the whole victim thing of did I ask for it in some way I uh, totally. you know did this really happen to me am I just trying to like make it up you know all of these reimaginings that you went through and it's like no yeah like a hundred percent not and while nobody saw the drug go into the drink. It's like, at what point are people believed when you say to a paramedic, here's the deal. The girl can handle her alcohol. This is right. not in keeping with her usual behavior. And that should be believed. Right. I mean, it's... if if there is a behavior that is outside of the ordinary, then it should be believed. There is something going on. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, to have, uh, to your point, to think that there aren't bad people in the world or to think that, you know, uh, the way that you were treated by the hospital is OK. I mean, people may be listening and thinking, oh, mom, you have your head in the sand. Well, I'll tell you what. So do all these other people. And I don't have in my head in the sand because I have these conversations with my children so that they can talk about it and so that they can share and learn from it and have the lessons learned and the takeaways. What part of it is me and what can I do moving forward? And what part of it, where did the system fail me? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think that, and I think that that was another takeaway from this is that this was really one of the first times that I haven't felt listened to, which was a huge testament to you and dad and like my experience growing up and there were very this was really one of the only times that I felt like, and it wasn't even about you guys. Like this was about a system and something greater than our family and my direct commu community. Um, but it was truly one of the first times that I really felt dismissed. Yeah. And that's a tough, that's tough to come to terms with. That's a tough feeling to shake. Yeah, it really is. Um, 
And have you been back to that bar? No, I probably never will. From what I remember, it wasn't that fun. <laughs> so <laughs> can't be that worth it. Um, is it no, a, I, I haven't been to. Is it a popular bar or is it uh, one that, you know, you happen to kind of run into? It was it was a destination, but I I don't have a lot of there's I haven't heard much about it since Got like it. not a lot of people are saying like let's go here and also I give credit to all my circles um no one's ever I've told everyone about it and they were, no one's ever been like hey let's try the harp by the way it's called the harp avoid it uh <laughs> <laughs> forgot put, I probably should have put that in there um but yeah so yeah so um so interesting I I you know Very. like Mimi I'm super proud of you the fact that you. uh you know it is really hard having you across the country it is really hard yeah hearing the next day like hey by the way um it's hard making sure that you feel supported and you know not being there for you to make these life decisions um and you know you are incredibly resilient and the fact that you're willing to have this conversation and, you know, similar to what was posted uh, on the Facebook group, you know, people may make judgments, uh, but, you know, full transparency is where connection and education and awareness come from. Um, Absolutely. And like I said at the beginning of the show, um, by uh, asking questions instead of making assumptions, that's where we learn things. And uh, I don't know. Dare I say it? Perhaps uh, institutions like the hospital or EMTs or whatever, perhaps they needed to ask more questions. You know, that may have been a good idea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe I'm starting another trend besides uh, intuitive uh, business skills. Uh, anything else that you want to share? Because really, this is your story. I I don't think so. I appreciate you giving me the space to talk about it and the the time to process and being there for me throughout it. Um, I feel for anyone that's gone through it or gone through worse or women that just feel dismissed or not heard, but well, I appreciate you letting me talk about it. Absolutely. It's, it's so important. And, uh, you know, and you're, we were all impacted by it. Um, you know, obviously as your family, uh, so much so that your brother gave you uh, a really good birthday gift. He did. He got me those cup condoms where you, you put the thing over it and you, it covers it. You can put the straw through it. That's right, folks. You can go to Amazon, not sponsored, but this is such a PSA. Uh, you put a, um, a cover over your drink and there's a face on it and you take the straw and you poke the eye out and you can safely drink through the straw and nobody can put anything into the drink. Exactly. So, Safety is cool, people. Don't be afraid to be safe. Exactly. You heard it here first. Um, <laughs> well, thanks again, Grace. I really, uh, I so appreciate this. And I really want this episode of the show to be shared, spread, talked about. Uh, so, you know, it will go up as a podcast later today. Remember, you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Look for Stacy Connects and share it and make people aware. This isn't about bashing institutions. It's about uh, supporting young women, especially to have a voice and to ask them questions. So thank you, Grace. Love you. Thank you. And you. Uh, next week, my guest is Georgie Coote. Uh, thank you to Eric as well. Have a great week, everyone. Stay connected. Stay connected.